the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Uh, Kath is taking the day off today, so I'll be with you here solo throughout the day. We've got uh, a great lineup of guests for the next couple of hours, and always squarely, we'll talk about Jesus in the midst of all this. Uh, it's been a busy week, uh, news-wise. Let's do uh, a quick look right now at the top four at four. A deeply divided Senate Judiciary Committee kicked off four days of contentious confirmation hearings on Monday for Judge Amy Coney Barrett, President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, drawing battle lines that could reverberate throughout the election. Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina, and the committee's chair left little doubt about where the proceedings were heading, galvaning the opening, the hearing to confirm Judge Amy Coney Barrett at the Supreme Court, rather than saying it was a hearing to consider her nomination. Quote, this is probably not about persuading each other unless something really dramatic happens, Mr. Graham said. All the Republicans will vote yes. All the Democrats will vote no. Nobel Prizes were awarded today in economics. U.S. academics Paul Milgram and Robert Wilson shared the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences for new insights into how auctions work and how different auction designs can help buyers and sellers meet their goals. The announcement today gave the United States a clean sweep of this year's Nobel Prizes, with at least one American citizen winning in each of five categories for which individuals were selected. Yesterday's Steeler game, it looked like they had it in hand, then it looked like they didn't, and they ended up strong. Steelers survived a scary defeat for finishing out the Eagles 38-29 to in a matchup of Keystone State rivals at Heinz Field. The win has moved the Steelers to 4-0 and for the first time since winning the Super Bowl in 1979. And Pittsburghers woke up this morning on this Columbus Day holiday to the site of the statue of Christopher Columbus in Shenley Park, wrapped up in plastic and gaffer's tape. There is, of course, uh, a motion underway soon and very soon to rid Pittsburgh of the Columbus statue, and uh, he will follow in the likes, Christopher Columbus, of Stephen Foster and other statues here in Pittsburgh and across the country. That's a quick look at the top four at four today. Okay, so let's talk for a second about uh, Christopher Columbus and this uh, whole statue debacle. So uh, today, Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto said that the statue of Christopher Columbus, now if you know this, this is a very prominent location, the very top of the hill in Shenley Park. And uh, the mayor said the statue was wrapped this morning at 6 a.m. I, I would encourage you to go online and take a look at the statue. It looks absolutely ridiculous. Um, it was wrapped at 6 o'clock by public work crews and volunteers to protect it, he says, from being defaced. 
Last week, the mayor recommended the statue's removal following up on a similar recommendation from the Pittsburgh Arts Commission. Now, this lawsuit was filed against the city and Peduto uh, on Thursday by the Italian Sons and Daughters of America with its headquarters downtown, seeking to have its removal stayed. Attorney George Bocchetto, who represents the Sons and Daughters, said that the Allegheny County Common Pleas Judge John McVeigh granted the temporary injunction Friday evening, prohibited the city from removing the the statue. Each side now has 14 days to file legal arguments on the matter. Um, Here's the deal. The lawsuit contends that the Art Commission's vote to remove the statue violated a 1955 ordinance, the Sunshine Act, the public trust doctrine, and was based on an improper application with insufficient evidence. What is more, the Art Commission violated the public's right to a fair proceeding before a neutral administrative body since some of the Art Commission members were deeply conflicted about making public comments about their personal positions before the conclusion of the proceedings at which they are supposed to be neutral arbiters. According to the complaint, City Council passed an ordinance on May 16, 1955, giving the Sons of Columbus of America and its successors the right to erect and construct a memorial of granite and bronze of Christopher Columbus at such place and location in Chenley Park as designated by the Director of Parks and Recreation. Now, based on that, this complaint says that any action to remove or relocate the statue must begin with revocation or amendment of the original ordinance. Otherwise, the city cannot act. So the complaint quotes comments made by the Art Commission member Richard Parkinson, who said on WESA on August 25th that, quote, this is not a good role model to put on a pedestal at this point. We're not putting up statues of Hitler is what it comes down to. All right. So is Christopher Columbus a saint? Clearly he is not. Did Christopher Columbus do great things and open up the new world for America? Clearly he did. Now, if you were an Italian-American and you came to this country, you were, like all new immigrants, put upon. So once Italians finally reached some level of stability and status in this country, they raised funds, not only here in the city of Pittsburgh, but around this great nation of ours, to erect statues of their own, to create a memorial to say, we have arrived in America and we belong. Now, the the muddying of this, the historical accuracy of what Christopher Columbus was and was not, it, it, it is a matter of debate. Clearly, when Christopher Columbus came to the United States, making his way from Spain and from Italy, there was great inhumanity done to Native people. There's no doubt about that. It's a historical record. Christopher Columbus was recalled back to Spain because people that were with him here in America witnessed the atrocities. I get that. Was he a saint? Absolutely not. So are we in the business then of only putting up statues of saints in this country? Yesterday in Portland, Oregon, they tore down statues of FDR and Abraham Lincoln. Was FDR a saint? No, he was not. At the beginning of World War II, FDR imprisoned Japanese Americans and took their belongings. Was Abraham Lincoln a saint? 
No, Abraham Lincoln was a man. He was a sinner. Did Abraham Lincoln do much good for this country? Yes. Did he himself ascend to the right hand of God at his death? No. Who's to say? So now we are in the business of arbitrating, arbitrating who is the good guy, who is the bad guy, and taking down or putting up statues on that. What about um, statues of JFK? What about statues of MLK? What about statues of Mother Teresa? Are those allowable? Clearly, I mean, the record shows JFK, you know, he had foibles. MLK had foibles. What about Mother Teresa? I mean, all of a sudden now, we have to go through this lens of what? Wokeness? What do you want to call it? Political correctness? Do we just get rid of all statues? Is that the deal? Do we move the Christopher Columbus statue to Bloomfield, which is essentially Little Italy here in the city of Pittsburgh? Um, clearly, they would take that statue. They would put up the pedestal. They would provide and care for the statue. Is that the right thing? Is the mayor being disingenuous? Is now the mayor, because there he is in the Democratic, st- the Democratic stronghold of the city of Pittsburgh, as protesters have showed up at the mayor's house these last several months, has he now acquiesced to the mob? And the Arts Commission, four members just four people here in the city of Pittsburgh, they've made the decision for all of Pittsburgh to take the statue down. This is the lunatic fringe, isn't it? This is the state of America here in this country. It's the lunatic fringe where a small percentage of people decide what is right and true. Stephen Foster, that statue taken down, right? At Carnegie Museum. Was that statue racist? Yeah, when I used to look at that statue and you'd see Stephen Foster, who was feted for many generations across this country, that statue was improper. It was. Was I sorry to see it go? Yes and no, because you love Stephen Foster, especially as one of the great citizens here in the city of Pittsburgh. Was it untoward the image of Stephen Foster standing and there's a black man at his knees playing the banjo? Yes, it was. But historically, at the right place and right time in America, that statue had its place. And people who put it up did so to honor someone. And I would imagine at that time, African-Americans themselves here in the United States, they looked at that statue and nodded in approval as well. It's a really weird, deep place we're in right now, isn't it? 21st century morals on 20th century or 15th century morals. How does that work? Where does it stop? The city made a promise to take care of the statue of Christopher Columbus. Now they've broken that promise. What about William Penn? William Penn has a very prominent place atop the uh, state capitol in Philadelphia. What about William Penn? Let's look at his record, right? I mean, clearly there were things that William Penn did that were not good and true for humanity. So should we take that down as well? Where does it stop? That's the problem. Do we just say no to all statues from now forward? Or do we vet someone to the nth degree? Look, we're all believers, right? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know that yourself, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Not saying you want a statue of you or me up at somewhere in the public sphere. 
But greatness should be rewarded, especially when you look at greatness for the common good, for the flourishing of the city, the state, the country itself. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Does the statue of Christopher Columbus mean a lot to me? Not particularly. Would I like to see it go away? Not particularly. At some point, we'll go to the phones and we'll get your opinion about this. So, Christopher Columbus, happy Columbus Day. I say, say it proud and say it loud. Because it raises up people who were once put down in this country. You keep it up. Everybody has some skin in this game because everybody, whether you're Polish, Italian, African-American, Irish, you have those people that you raise up, people who were on that journey to find their place in this country, in this city. And of course you want to be seen and have them seen to talk to your kids about it. Anyway, that's a look at today's news. We're going to take a quick break, come back. When we do come back, as we do every Monday, Greg Clugston joins us from the White House. There's a lot going on in the nation's capital today. Amy Coney Barrett, stick around for that. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. On the next Adventures in Odyssey, there's an awful lot of whispering going on. Well, you certainly have a lot of secrets, don't you? And it seems like it's all coming to a head. Well, sort of, I suppose, but not all secrets are bad. Seems deceptive, doesn't it? But having secrets does mean that you're hiding something. Deceptive practice? Something to hide? Is this any way to start a relationship? What are all the secrets about? Find out on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Look, it's a great question, and maybe you know the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare, but does it work? That's what Catherine was wondering when her family of five made the switch, and then she was diagnosed with an advanced cancer. Just the surgeon's bill was 100000 The first call that I made to MediShare, I was prayed with and prayed for, and there were just no problems at all. I mean, we just have not had any problems. So her need was met. And MediShare is a community of Christians who've now shared more than $4 billion of each other's health care bills. So many people are joining now wondering, why didn't we do this sooner? Catherine says her family has saved so much over the years. The savings have been thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So yes, it works. Find out how much you can save. It's easy. You can call now and get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. 
To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Greg, welcome back to the show. It's um, a very busy day in the nation's capital today, isn't it? It is. Hi, John. Yeah, very busy uh, as we're just three weeks and one day away from the election. Well, hard to believe. Three weeks in a day. Okay, so let's talk about the president himself before we get into Amy Coney Barrett. The president essentially is back on the campaign trail after taking just a short time off for his uh, COVID-related illness. That's right. Air Force One is going to be uh, lifting off soon to take the president uh, to Florida this evening for a rally in Sanford, Florida. That's just outside of the Orlando area. And he's going to be kicking off what looks to be a very, very aggressive schedule of campaign events over these last, you know, three weeks and one day because um, he he feels like he's lost um, – lost some ground because of the coronavirus, um, you know, and being in the hospital and and rehabilitating at the White House. So there was about a week and a half there where he was not making public events. And so he has essentially told his campaign, I want to be out there almost, if not every day between now and the election. Some of these uh, events this week are just single events. For example, Florida tonight, he'll be in uh, your state tomorrow in Pennsylvania. And then on Wednesday, he's going to North Carolina uh, I'm sorry, Iowa Wednesday, North Carolina Thursday. Wow. Um, that's the schedule we know right now. And the campaign also says, John, that we can expect some events closer to the uh, to election day, some, some of the days to have multiple events each day. So really? it's going to be kicking up into high gear. So, Greg, this is fascinating. I mean, so the movements of the president do not illustrate the movements of an ill man, do they? Well, they really don't. And we saw the president for the first time at a public event at the White House on Saturday. He uh, stood on the balcony overlooking the South Lawn. There were several hundred supporters that had been invited to come to the White House grounds and listen to the president's speech. It was largely a law and order speech, although he touched on a number of other subjects. And, you know, from all appearances, he looked to be, um, you know, the the usual, you know, Donald Trump that we're used to seeing. His remarks lasted under 20 minutes, so it was not a long... Um, a long speech like we typically see these uh, the speeches. One thing to look for tonight and maybe in the, in the first few rallies as the president is back this week is the length of, of the rallies. They typically run um, close to 90 minutes each, each time. And um, two nights before he was diagnosed with COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago, he was on the road in Minnesota for his, his last rally at that time. And uh, it, was only, it, was on, it was only 45 minutes or 50 minutes in length. So that was an indication that we later learned was probably fatigue because of COVID-19. Right. Well, it's amazing that he's out and, you know, back on their campaign trail after it's just, a, you know, being di- diagnosed with COVID-19. You think he'd be gone for weeks on end. But, okay, so there he is. He's back up and running again. 
Right. And there, to be honest, there have been some questions exactly about the president's health in terms of we have received, you know, occasional updates from the, the White House physician, Dr. Sean Conley. Um, one bit of information the White House has not provided so far is when was the president's last negative test? He was talking over the weekend with Fox News and others by saying he is he feels great. He also d- claimed that he is now immune from COVID-19. Uh, and we haven't seen any sort of medical you know, reasons or explanation as to how that has been determined or when his last negative test is. But uh, he is going back out on the trail, obviously traveling with staff, with members of the Secret Service and members of the press corps. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. So, Greg, let's move forward to the Amy Coney Barrett hearings. Uh, Today, uh, Lindsey Graham at the start of the hearing said this is probably, quote, this is probably not about persuading each other unless something really dramatic happens. All the Republicans will vote yes. All the Democrats will vote no. I mean, essentially saying this is a done deal unless there's a bombshell. Yeah, that's right. That was what he said. That is what the expectations are surrounding these confirmation hearings. Uh, The Republicans obviously control the Senate. They have the advantage in numbers on this Senate Judiciary Committee. So, yes, barring some sort of unexpected development, some sort of a bombshell, uh, the Republicans are expected to have enough votes to, uh, to vote in, uh, you know, unanimously in favor of, of Barrett to send the vote then to the full Senate floor. And so what the schedule is going to be today was really opening statements, opening statements from the members of the committee, as well as from Judge Barrett earlier today, and then um, uh, late this afternoon, I should say. And then tomorrow two, begins two days of questioning from the lawmakers, and then uh, she'll have witnesses uh, testify on her behalf um, on Thursday. And so that's how the committee is going to run this week. And then it goes for a vote uh, starting next week. So next week. So maybe by Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, a vote would have taken place. Yeah, I should clarify that, John. A, a vote by the committee next week, I believe, and then it would then be sent to the uh, full Senate floor, which may not happen until the week after that, which would be the last week of October, meaning the week <laughs> before the election. <laughs> That's incredible timing. I mean, never in the history of the United States has something like this happened, has it? Not this fast. I mean, from start to finish, if that schedule holds true, John, we'd be looking at, you know, just a month or so, give or take a few days of the entire process, which often will take, you know, upwards of 60 to 90 days with vetting and and the usual, um, you know, timetable for these sorts of nominations. Right. Okay. So it's also interesting that as the um, the committees get underway, that uh, Kamala Harris, who is the vice president uh, nominee for the Democrats, is on the committee. So we'll be getting to see some election politics as well. Right. And it's interesting because she is here in Washington. She was at the Capitol today, but she was not in the hearing room. She was joining the hearings by video connection. So uh, she had her her image there, but she was not in the room. And uh, she was uh, she, like some others, have been uh, very concerned about the, the health protocols or the lack of them on Capitol Hill. So for safety reasons, she kept her distance. But she warned that health care is at risk uh, by nominating someone like Judge Barrett to the Supreme Court. And she talked about voting rights and abortion rights. And she said the very idea of equal justice, all of these things are at stake. So she, uh, she was going hard after, after Judge Barrett. It, it's noteworthy that um, before he left for campaign events in Ohio today, Joe Biden was asked if Senate Democrats should be considering 
Ju- uh, Judge Barrett's conservative um, Catholic faith, and Biden said no. He said senators should not consider that. That should be completely off limits. There's, there's no, there should be no testing of her religious beliefs when it comes to confirmation to the Supreme Court. Now, this is interesting because, of course, um, this has come up in the past in past hearings where the, the dogma lies deep within you was brought up at the last hearing where the judge moved forward in the uh, process. So uh, as much as the Democrats would like to look at um, Amy Coney Barrett's religious leanings, it's kind of something that's really sort of uh, verboten that, you know, you do so at your own peril. Yeah. I think so. You've got, you know, you've got Joe Biden, who's the, uh, the party's presidential nominee, who is saying it should not be discussed in that setting. It should not be a consideration for voting up or down on her confirmation. It should be based on her, her legal credentials and, and all the rest. And so, uh, you know, so you've got essentially, you know, the head of the party in Joe Biden saying that. Obviously, senators can act as, as they will. Uh, but the fact that this was ground that was plowed during her previous confirmation hearing, as you mentioned, for her federal judge position, um, it, it's probably not going to happen because Democrats were, were taken aback in terms of, uh, you know, for going there in the first place. Although once the, once the questioning gets underway, starting tomorrow morning, uh, you just simply never know how that goes. Sometimes the emotions run high, and Senator Graham today, uh, the chairman of the committee, was saying he expects it to be a long and contentious week, so anything mm-hmm. can happen. All right. So Kamala Harris, of course, uh, in the vice presidential uh, running. Lindsey Graham himself is up for reelection in a very tight race. His opponent is um, has a gigantic war chest. We're getting a preview in some ways. And so, again, another reason for the candidates and the committee to walk that tightrope. Yeah. Yeah. Senator Graham is a very interesting case study because he was um, a former presidential GOP candidate himself uh, a number of years ago. Uh, was not a fan of Donald Trump at the beginning, but has become a close ally of the Trump White House over the last um, almost four years now. And so uh, he <laughs> he finds himself, you know, uh, aligned with the president on a lot of things. They, they don't see eye to eye on 100 percent of the issues, uh, but they are close allies nonetheless. And now Graham finds himself, as you mentioned, in um, a, a real, you know, sharp contest in his reelection bid in South Carolina, and his opponent raised uh, records amounts of money in the third quarter, something approaching $60 million for a Senate race, um, you know, in a statewide election, which was uh, really outstanding in terms of his ability to fundraise. And so that has raised all kinds of questions about whether Graham has the ability either financially or through his messaging uh, to compete with uh, with his Democratic opponent. So we'll have to see what happens there. So, Greg, um just as we move forward here, let's talk for a second about the, the balance of the court, because if Amy Coney Barrett uh, moves forward and she does sit on the Supreme Court, this will be a very conservative court, which has raised uh, a whole other issue about people, the, the phrase packing the court. Can you talk about that? Sure. Right now, uh, it's widely viewed, the court is widely viewed um, prior to Justice Ginsburg's death as a five in five to four favor of conservatives. But if Barrett, who would be replacing a liberal in Ginsburg, uh, that would shift the the court's, you know, balance, if you will, to a six to three leaning toward, uh, you know, conservative kinds of rulings. 
And uh, this is one of the reasons why Democrats are, are so upset with, you know, moving forward with the nomination of Barrett so quickly, you know, before the, for the, uh, you know, the election day coming up in just a few weeks. What's interesting is that both Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in interviews with reporters and at each of the debates that we have seen so far, each of them has refused to answer the question if they support adding additional seats to the Supreme Court. Right now there are nine justices on the Supreme Court. That's been the case for 150 years. And so the question is, would, if Joe Biden wins, election, wins the election, would he uh, move forward with the idea and the support of, of Congress to have additional seats added, therefore packing the court with what conservatives would say would be liberal justices to offset the conservative advantage. That's what we're looking at right now. And what's interesting is Biden was asked point blank this a couple days ago again, and he said the American people don't deserve the right to know his answer on that question until after Election Day. Fascinating. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We always appreciate your front row seat of the nation's capital and your ability to come here and uh, distill the truth for us here at Word FM. Always a pleasure. Thank you again. You're welcome, John. Take care. Thank you. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Information about Greg at Word FM or SRN.com. Salem Radio Network. That's Greg Clugston. Does your child need a new Bible for school or church? Or maybe you want to teach your child biblical values that will last a lifetime. The Adventure Bible is the number one Bible for kids, giving them an exciting journey through each chapter with full-color illustrations, memory verses, hands-on activities, and more. The Adventure Bible is now available in four translations with many beautiful and fun covers. It's the perfect Bible to encourage your children to stay in Scripture. Visit AdventureBible.com to find over 700 free games, activities, teaching resources, and more. Visit AdventureBible.com today. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment. 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley. 724-884-1496. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. How's your pandemic going? This holding pattern that a lot of us are in. Do you have a silver lining in all of this right now? What is your silver lining? And hopefully you're not feeling too trapped, your burden not too heavy, hemmed in by the restrictions of it all. And no doubt, like everybody, you're thinking about finances a lot. Those things occupy all of our thoughts. Here it is, autumn. I keep on hearing this phrase, amidst historically low rates, and I'm not quite sure what all that means. What does it mean for you? Check out 
United Faith Mortgage online. United Faith Mortgage. Whether it's refinancing, cash out refinancing, VA loans, you know, buy a house. United Faith Mortgage, this small family of John, Ryan, Denise, Barbara, they set you up, honest, direct, you're good to go with a lender advantage. Look for it online, United Faith Mortgage, and ease your burden, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. We'll see rather cloudy skies tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight will reach a low of 50. Turning out mostly sunny tomorrow, breezy and cool. Tomorrow will reach a high of 66. Plenty of sunshine on tap for Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll see a high of 69. Thursday, we'll have times of clouds and sunshine with a shower possible in the afternoon. The high again, 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Kath and I, Mike, we, we post stuff regularly there. And, and I'm always surprised by this. When we post things that are of news or are inspirational in some way, they'll, they'll get, you know, likes. There'll be a response to that. When we post things that are funny or odd or ridiculous, they go off the charts. And I, when I see this, I, I laugh because, you know... People in the midst of this crazy cycle that we're in right now, you know, in pandemic and election and news and whatnot, more often than not, I think people are so exhausted that we would like to wear things a little lighter. So when we see things that are fun and easy and just delightful in some way, we as a people gravitate towards them. Now, of course, there's always that percentage of people who are like, I need the news and I'm going to comment and, you know. But I think just generally, as a people, we prefer things to be a little easier, right? Because the world is so contentious. And of course, in our own importance, in our own stuff, we want to stir the pot even more so. A lot of us do. But what I see is the opposite on our page. So uh, this is not a commercial for The Ride Home with John and Kathy on the Facebook page. It's just an observation I've made about what is light, what is easy, what is fun, always, in many ways, just airs on the side of what is contentious, what is so-called important, what is the news cycle. It just seems to be where we are. We'll take a break and come back. We've got much more ahead. We're just really starting to get underway here on the ride home. Stay with us. Stick around. WORD. Your child can be a prayer warrior. Next time on Focus on the Family, a great reminder for parents about giving your kids the tools and training they need to talk with God every day and to grow in their faith. It's a time of spiritual encouragement for the whole family. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 830 on 101.5 WORD. My name is Bernadette and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. 
Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade. And ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden candidate for president and i approve this message paid for by biden for president look it's a great question and maybe you know the typical family saves 500 dollars a month switching to metashare but does it work that's what Catherine was wondering when her family of five made the switch and then she was diagnosed with an advanced cancer just the surgeon's bill was a hundred thousand the first call that i made to metashare i was prayed with and prayed for, and there were just no problems at all. I mean, we just have not had any problems. So her need was met. And MetaShare is a community of Christians who've now shared more than $4 billion of each other's health care bills. So many people are joining now wondering, why didn't we do this sooner? Catherine says her family has saved so much over the years. The savings have been thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So, yes, it works. Find out how much you can save. It's easy. You can call now and get a price within two minutes. Here's the number, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Help at Home, formerly Excel Home Care, is proud to offer benefits to heroes of home care, including Hero Pay and Hero Sign-On bonuses. Any caregiver who joins the Help at Home team is eligible for a Hero Pay $500 sign-on bonus plus ongoing bonus pay. We know it's been a difficult time. Help at Home wants to make sure you get the Hero Pay you deserve. Give us a call today to find out more or go to helpathomepa.com. That's helpathomepa.com. Sunday afternoon after the Steeler game, I called a friend of mine who I had not talked to in a couple of months. And you know, people, you kind of think about friends and family, you think, I need to connect with them. I, so I called my buddy and uh, I said, hey, how you doing? I haven't you know, seen you on Facebook or Twitter or whatnot. You know, that's how people connect. And, and he said to me, he said, I got a confession. He said, I just don't care anymore. I just, I'm done. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, John, it's just too much to bear. Um, you know, it just... There's too much going on. There's too much anxiety. There's too much fear, the pandemic, yada, yada. He said, nothing personal. I love you, but I'm just, you know, I'm glad you called. So if you want to connect, let's connect here uh, on the telephone, which makes a lot of sense. My guess is, you know, my friend is probably not out of the ordinary. We've got to know people who are similar in that same vein. Tom Sorok is with us. Tom is pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. Tom, um, you're here to talk about something that's similar what my friend is going through. Are you not? Yeah, that's such a a good story as a lead-in to this, John. It's good to be with you. And I think all of us are feeling that, you know, uh, our order of our life has been somewhat upended. Um, I don't know if you're back in the studio or not, but, you know, I know that you were uh, broadcasting from home for a long time. A lot of people were working from home. 
um, people are feeling tired all of a sudden. And, and why is that? And maybe we'll talk about you know why it is in a second, but let's put a name to it first. And there is a name in the spiritual literature of the church that has really? uh, oh, absolutely it's it's been uh, it's it's a human problem. <laughs> you know, it's not a pandemic issue; it is a human <laughs> issue. And that word that we pronounce it in English as acedia, acedia. Huh. And the word is actually, it comes from a Greek word, the, the Latin word is pronounced acedia, but in Greek, you have this prefix a, uh, which is like not, and then kedos, kidos, which is uh, to care, <laughs> and literally means you don't care. You, you find yourself in the middle of the day thinking you're distracted, you don't care what you're doing, uh, you, you are having difficulty focusing. And this is not, uh, let's say what it's not. It's not depression. It's not uh, laziness. It's not sloth. But what it is, is a kind of um, a restlessness, a weariness, a listlessness, where you don't feel like doing anything. And I think it's really because of the, the change that we've experienced in our life. Well, that's fascinating. So, Tom, I would imagine a, a, a good percentage of people in the world right now are feeling this condition. Now, you wouldn't call this a spiritual condition, would you? Absolutely. It is, it is uh, you know, you ever heard of the uh, seven deadly sins, right? We hear sure. about that. Yes. So, actually, believe it or not, uh, among the monastic writers, there were really eight. Uh, when you take someone like St. John Cassian, he numbered eight, and among those was acedia, and this idea of listlessness. Sometimes they um, will call this the noonday demon. I don't know if you can recall Psalm 91, when we read in Psalm 91, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor yes. of the pestilence that walks in darkness nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. That destruction that lays waste at noonday, if you think about it, your noon is the high noon. It's, it's the brightest time of the day. And so why are you feeling so listless and so um, you know, out of sorts during the day? This is, this is not depression. This is a kind of a lack of order or a disorder that has come about in our life. And honestly, John, I know... You know, some people might laugh at me or whatever if I say this, but I do believe that like all spiritual maladies, these can be almost a kind of demonic oppression because the demons are, are there to tempt us, right? They are there to, to pull us away from attention toward God, of being focused on God, of being focused on our neighbor. And, you know, what a way to do this, to use the opportunity of the pandemic for the demons to say, hey, you know, uh, don't go to church. Don't, uh, you know, don't read your Bible. Don't pray. You don't feel like it. You know, you're tired. Just uh, do something else. You know, That's really play, fascinating. Okay, so Tom, so then during the pandemic, of course, a lot of churches were closed. People were not gathering in public. We were all doing Zoom worship. Uh, any number of people have fallen away from their daily activities of Bible reading and whatnot. And so we are, as a Christian world, weaker because of this. 
Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head because we have gotten out of this order of our life, right? We, we are no longer doing the things that we normally did, not only going to work, but getting up at a particular, you know, certain time in the morning, having that order where, you know, I know we've, we've talked before about praying in the morning, reading the scriptures in the morning, having our morning routine. Because that has all been upended, this acedia really, um, you know, takes hold of us, and it colors the way we do everything, including our spiritual life. So that's why we don't feel like going to church, or we don't feel like watching Zoom again for the thousandth time, or we don't feel like uh, reading the scriptures. And really, the, you know, what we really need to do is go back to a kind of order for our life in order to um, sort of lift ourselves out of that acedia. Interesting. Tom, when you say the word acedia, it sounds like one of those unnamed medications that are being sold on the, on the television. You know, it's like Xanax or I have, uh, you know, if, if you're feeling down, you should try some acedia. Ask your physician. Yeah, it's not, it's not that. It's not the, uh, it's not the remedy. It, it is the, it's the malady. And, uh, you know, I will, I'll, I'll give you a little story here. There's, you know, as Orthodox Christians, we're very fond of these sort of old ancient stories. And the, the remedy, as I said, is kind of getting back into a groove, getting back into an order in your life. And so we have what are called the sayings of the Desert Fathers. And so if I can just read the short saying of Abba Anthony, it says, when the holy Abba Anthony lived in the desert, he was beset by Asidia and attacked by many sinful thoughts. He said to God, Lord, I want to be saved, but these thoughts do not leave me alone. What shall I do in my affliction? How can I be saved? A short while afterwards, when he got up to go out, Anthony saw a man like himself sitting at his work, getting up from his work to pray, then sitting down again, plaiting a rope, then again getting up to pray. An angel of the Lord sent to correct him and reassured him. He heard the angel say to him, do this and you will be saved. At these words, Anthony was filled with joy and courage. He did this and the acedia was lifted from him. In other words, we need to go back to this order of our life. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to get political about this at all because that's, that's not my purpose. Thank you. But there, there is a growing pressure for that the kind of lockdown mentality to be lifted. And I think we are finding and we must admit that it is having an effect on people's spirits. Now, as Christians, we understand what that means. We understand that we have a spiritual uh, nature. Uh, we are both body and soul, body and spirit. Other people might call it depression or whatever, but we know this is a real spiritual malady, and so we need to lift ourselves out of it and ask God to help us, too. That's interesting. Okay, so, Tom, when I see large gatherings, right, like uh, last night, uh, the celebration for NBA champions, the L.A. Lakers, I mean, there were, I don't know, how many hundreds of thousands of people clogging the streets, or, you know, the nightly riots in Portland that have been going on for 100-plus days. When you see things like that, and again, as you said, I, don't, I mean, I don't really care about, you know, in many ways, not to, not to equate 
a celebration with demonic imperative, but there is something about that. When people are gathering in large numbers, there does feel as though there is something that's larger than life that also in some ways feels, dare I say, evil, but untoward. Well, I think that, you know, first of all, people can only be locked down for so long, right? And, And this idea of being alone, um, you know, even the Lord Jesus Christ said there's only those who can receive this uh, as, as their mission in life, as their goal in life. Not everybody is able to do that, um, but, but for those who it has been given to them. So other people, we need to be together. And I personally would say the reason why all of these riots and, and, and spontaneous gatherings are happening, and there is so much uh, angst, in people, it's it's the acedia in us that is saying, get out, do something, you're frustrated, when in fact, what we should be doing as, as Christians is in an orderly way say, okay, you know, maybe I'll, I'll start to get up at, at 6.30 every morning, and I'll work out, and I'll take a walk, mm-hmm. and I'll get out, and we've had such beautiful weather except for the few days, last few days. So all of these things, praying again, um, you know, even fasting, reading the scriptures, going back to church, this is very important for us in order to combat this, this malady of acedia. That's really good. Tom Soroka is with us from St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. All right, Tom, so acedia, it's not depression, right? You're just saying it's one of the, no. it's one of the eight deadly sins. And if it's a sin, then, of course, it can be corrected by drawing ourselves closer back to the Lord. Yeah, even if we have, I mean, we know this, right? If we have an inclination towards sin, um, we can't use that inclination as an excuse to revel in it. We have to be able to fight uh, both with our own power and by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to, uh, like St. Paul says, you know, uh, put our body under subjection. This is also kind of a mental and a spiritual and a physical malady, um, a, you know, even, like I said, a, a kind of a demonic oppression that we can overcome. And I think we can overcome, first of all, by acknowledging it, by knowing what it is, by being able to name it and, and realize what it's doing to us so that we're not getting uh, a kind of sucked into that. That's and good. then take action. Um, really, I mean, recommit our lives to Christ, recommit our lives to uh, have an order, and then uh, simply move on that and ask for God's help uh, as That's we do it. That's good, Tom. I mean, look, even as the weather's about to change, and of course, even in the best of times, when we go into winter, people get restless. People get a little weird because they've, you know, they got cabin fever. Now you throw the pandemic on top of that. I mean, this is right for a, a lot of weird things to happen. I, I agree with you 100 percent. And so that's why we have to be on guard and we have to, um, you know, not only guard our, guard our hearts, but in, in a way sort of look at our life and maybe speak with someone else that we trust, that we admire, maybe a, a close friend or a pastor and get some feedback. You know, am I do I seem the same to you? Do I do I seem like I'm Uh, less interested in getting involved in things. We think about all of the amazing things that churches across Pittsburgh normally do, helping the poor, um, you know, getting together and having youth groups and 
Yes. Hey, Tom, sorry. Uh, we're up against the clock. I had to let you go. Tom Soroka, pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Acedia. I mean, one of the eight deadly sins, it's a thing. So put order to your life. Come back to the Lord and you will be vibrant once again. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week, October 19th through 23rd, and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. All throughout the summer, there was a lot of conversation how colleges nationally were going to engage with the fall semester. So here we see it. Of course, a lot of colleges have just thrown up their hands. They've said, no mas. We choose not to meet in person. We're going to do only video teaching. So your child goes to college, sits in their dorm room, and does video classes online and meets virtually no one and is part of no community. Well, we're happy to report that Grove City College made the pledge to meet in person in the classroom, the teachers and the students together. And to be honest, things are working out right now pretty good. They're more than halfway through this semester, and they are consistently strong, and the community is really engaged. So we say yes to Grove City College. You know, we all recognize that anything could change with COVID at any time, right? But as of right now, we're feeling really hopeful that they're actually going to be able to finish the semester. As you said, John, more than halfway done. Look, There are a ton of colleges that you can pick from, but the one that's close to our hearts is Grove City College. They've been consistent from the very beginning with the protocols they've instituted. The students have really tried to follow through and look, nothing's perfect. And like I said, anything can change, but for now, we're really happy with what's going on at Grove City. Check it out online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Our world needs hope like never before, but lives change for the better when hope breaks through. We always like to begin with the Word of God because it is the power unto salvation. Help Cornerstone Television Network light up our city with the truth and hope of the gospel. Alongside special guests Joan Hunter, Mike Smalley, Pat Schatzline, Keenan Bridges, and Real Talk Kim. Watch the Hope Breaks Through partnership broadcast October 12th through 16th at 8 p.m. on Cornerstone Television Network. I just want to reflect a second on that conversation with, with Tom Soroka. Acedia. A-C-E-D-I-A, acedia. It's a Greek word. He said, you know, it's, what did he say? It's it's a kind of listlessness. It's also a sin because it's basically not caring about things. So what's the cure for acedia? Get to work. I mean, do due diligence. Come back into the fold again. Wake up, put a schedule together, say your prayers, exercise, do your job well, whatever that might be. I mean, 
That's really a key call because truly I do. Here we are. It's October. And you know, soon and very soon, we're headed into that cold, dark, long winter. And man, what is that going to be like? I mean, if people, I got a buddy of mine, you know, who is, you know, super light sensitive and he bought, he bought himself one of those, you know, those um, daylight things that he, he sits in front of. And there he is from like November until April sitting in front of that thing because he gets depressed. Now you put on top of that, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown, uh, we are ripe for a lot of weirdness coming into uh, this uh, fall and winter. And I don't want to be sensationalist about it. I think, you know, that's human nature. But the, the pandemic on a whole other level is really destructive to people's souls. So, acedia, put prayer back in the center of your life. Uh, get rid of the listlessness and come back into the fold of Jesus Christ. We're going to take a break. Come back during the 5 o'clock hour. Bob Wu is going to be with us. Bob Wu is a Christian Chinese. He's got an amazing story to tell. That's next. 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. At her confirmation hearing, Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett has declared that Americans deserve an independent Supreme Court that interprets the Constitution and laws as they are written. Barring a dramatic development, Republicans appear to have the votes to confirm her. The mother of Arizona Senator John McCain, Roberta McCain, has died. She was 108. A spokesperson for her daughter-in-law, Cindy McCain, says Roberta died today, a cause of death not immediately released. The Hall of Fame second baseman Joe Morgan has died. A family spokesman says he died at his home Sunday in Danville, California. Morgan suffering from a nerve condition, a form of polyneuropathy. He had a Hall of Fame career with the Cincinnati Reds. He was 77. Stocks finishing higher. The Dow gained 250 points. The Nasdaq was up 296. This is SRN News. The following is a public notice for people suffering with fibromyalgia symptoms. Researchers from the University of Illinois College of Medicine have developed the first definitive blood test for the biomarkers of fibromyalgia. Those who test positive may qualify for an FDA-approved clinical trial of a breakthrough symptom-eliminating treatment. Previously, a fibromyalgia diagnosis could not be confirmed. Now, participants can have definitive confirmation of this debilitating disease. The test is covered by nearly all insurance plans, and FM Test can even arrange to have your blood test done by a licensed medical professional in the comfort and security of your own home. If you suffer from chronic fatigue, mental fogginess, or chronic pain, it may be fibromyalgia. Take this opportunity to get the first and only definitive test. If you test positive, you could be among the first to receive a breakthrough treatment formulated to eliminate all fibromyalgia symptoms. Space is limited, so go now to myfmtest.com. That's myfmtest.com, myfmtest.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. 
or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policy maker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash trial. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash trial. That's BambooHR.com slash trial. We'll see rather cloudy skies tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight will reach a low of 50. Turning out mostly sunny tomorrow, breezy and cool. Tomorrow will reach a high of 66. Plenty of sunshine on tap for Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll see a high of 69. Thursday, we'll have times of clouds and sunshine with a shower possible in the afternoon. The high again, 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I'm still in a bit of a kerfuffle about uh, the Columbus Day. Uh, is, is this today Indigenous Day or Columbus Day? Of course, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about that over the last several years. And, and now, this world that we live in, uh, up in Highland Park, they have, uh, they've covered over with plastic sheeting and gaffer's tape the Christopher Columbus statue. You know what? Happy Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day. And there, I said it. And I mean it. And I don't wish you a solemn Columbus Day, nor a mournful one, nor a guilty one. I I really do wish you a happy Columbus Day. It is a day to celebrate the contributions of Italian-Americans to our nation's history. And that was the original intent behind the holiday. After all, to elevate Italians at a time when they still faced marked bigotry in this country. And, you know, the story of America is this. That is, people made their way to the shores, whether they were African-Americans or Italians or Polish or Irish, you name it, there was bigotry and hatred directed at them. Now, the tragedy in all this, of course, that is, you know, as other people assimilate, as the Italians were able to assimilate finally, as the Poles, as the, uh, as the Irish, they, you know, they tweaked their names or they, you know, they made things work for them as a group that African-Americans were unable to because of African-Americans, the color of their skin. Is there racism and bigotry in this country? Heck yeah. I think everybody knows that. That's the truth. Is it ongoing? Yes. Is it a tragedy? Without a doubt. What do we do about it? Well, you know, there's this conversation going on right now. We are listening here in America. Uh, whether you agree with it or not, right? Some of it seems a bit a fit far-fetched. Other things, I believe, are spot on that are long overdue. But 
this whole thing of tearing down statues, what? Christopher Columbus was a monster. Look, Christopher Columbus certainly was not a great guy. I mean, he had many, many foibles. Was he a mass murderer? Uh, I, I don't know. Can I answer that? Uh, there's the charges that are out there. Many historians would say yes. Others would say no, it was overblown. Look, he was brought back to Spain because people were saying he was mistreating the indigenous people. So there is that, of course. I'm not saying Christopher Columbus was a saint, but if you're Italian-American especially, and you were subjected to bigotry and hatred because you were Italian, you looked at this guy and go, hey, man, he brought us here. He opened the door for all of the world to come to America, for better or worse. It's a great country. And clearly, Christopher Columbus had a big part in igniting the flow of people here because of its vastness. Indigenous American Day, I got no problem with that. Clearly, the Indians who were here, the Native Americans, they were murdered by the millions, the slew. It's a tragedy what happened. Do you and I have anything to do with that? No. Are we supposed to pay reparations because of that? I don't believe in reparations. I know a lot of people do. It wasn't me. It wasn't my grandfather. But reparations necessary to make this country whole? I think they'll be more divisive in the end. Anyway, happy Columbus Day. Whatever that means to you. That means the good for me. It means for the goodness of all America, right? Whether you are Italian, whether you're black, whether you're Polish, whether you're whatever. It means we come together once again as Americans and we celebrate our differences and who we are as a nation. I think it's a good thing. That's a lot to chew on, isn't it? Reparations on Christopher Columbus Day. I don't know. The world seems out of control, doesn't it? More than anything, I'm really glad I'm a believer in Jesus Christ because I know my own sinfulness, my own hatefulness, my own violence against myself and people around me. We're all the same, whether we think it or do it. We are creatures of sin and the devil's within all of us. Our only salvation is our hope in Jesus. And people, you know, on the radio dial right now, and you kind of stumble upon us and go, what's this guy talking about? Open up your Bible. Read the words of peace and grace and forgiveness from Christ in all the Gospels, and you'll be a different person. But just don't read the Gospels. Go back to the Old Testament as well. You need to have the backstory before you can appreciate the new story. And that's how it is in this world. So on this day, happy Columbus Day. And God bless America. And how do you make things right? How do you make things right? I, the only way things get right is we, we are with Christ our Lord in heaven one day. We're with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Because this world's a mess, and we know that. There's nothing right and good truly in the end about where we are in this, in this world right now. That's why we need a Savior. That's why Jesus came. But while we're here, we make the best of it. Because we can have heaven on earth. You really can. And it starts with how you think about yourself and the world, your family, the good and the bad. And then you act accordingly in the best way possible. And I believe the only way to do that is to have Christ first and foremost in your life. So happy Columbus Day. Let's take a break. We come back. We're going to speak to a man who's got a story to tell. This man is from China. He's lived in the United States for many, many years, and now the authorities are showing up at his doorstep 
trying to implicate him in some nefarious deeds. 101.5 WORD. A man of action. That's how Dr. J. Vernon McGee describes the prophet Haggai, whose Old Testament book we are just beginning this week on Through the Bible. Join us as we see the old prophet didn't have his head in the clouds. He gets down to the nitty-gritty where the rubber meets the road and offers advice that we need today. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and I offer you an advantage. A special tool that would help you build a bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Millville Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animal number 65233. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service in the world. Geneva has over 145 majors and programs, 19 varsity sports, 100 study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. Geneva has scholarships and grants to make it affordable too. Find out more yourself. You can visit Geneva in person or online. To find out more, go to geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Bob Fu is back with us. Bob has been on our show multiple times over the years. Bob Fu is one of the leading voices in the world for persecuted faith communities in China. Bob Fu was born and raised in mainland China, was a student leader during the Tiananmen Square demonstrations for freedom and democracy in 1989. Bob was also a house church leader in Beijing until he and his wife Heidi were in prison for two months for illegal evangelism in 1996. Bob Fu then fled to the United States. He brings international attention to China's gross human rights violations and to promote religious freedom and rule of law in China. Now there's a new chapter in Bob Fu's life as he is a pastor in Texas. 
Protesters began showing up in late September in Bob Fu's house in Midland, Texas, holding sign, holding signs with Bob Fu chanting and shouting threats. Here to talk to us about that, his life and his story, is Bob Fu. Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Don, for having me back. My pleasure, Bob. Bob, tell us your story from a wider perspective. Talk about initially about being in China, growing up in China as a young man, and seeing the civil rights abuses that made you one of the leaders of the Tiananmen Square protests. Yes, John. I mean, I uh, was born and grew up under communist uh, China and educated as, uh, as an atheist. And I witnessing and also experiencing how brutal um, this uh, ideolo- ideology of communism has uh, inflicted to uh, really tens of millions of uh, Chinese citizens. And now, of course, the whole world, I witnessed this uh, Chinese Communist Party, um, this, uh, you know, inflicted uh, millions of uh, the um, American citizens and uh, throughout the world uh, with this uh, Communist Party virus of COVID-19. Yes. Right. And, you know, the, 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 the nature of communism is always uh, control, control, control. It's uh, always uh, uh, tyranny and in nature and uh, with dictatorship. I mean, now the Chinese president, President Xi, uh, declared uh, president for life and no term limit. Uh, and um, you can get a 19-year sentence for uh, basically uh, tweeting uh, of uh, 58 messages as uh, one of uh, the Chinese uh, netizens um, uh, was uh, received. Uh, we have to rescue his wife and uh, his uh, their, their, her baby. I mean, the baby was not even uh, allowed uh, to see the father because uh, before the baby was born, the father was already imprisoned for tweeting 58 messages wow. and got 19 years imprisonment. And uh, the pastor of one sermon can get you nine years imprisonment, like Pastor Wang Yi of uh, the early Roman Covenant Church, a Presbyterian Church moment leader uh, in China who received nine years sentence for so-called subversion of state power uh, because in one sermon last year, uh, he called the repentance of President Xi for his uh, brutal crackdown against uh, the Christians. And, uh, and on and on, you know, this is so. There's no true freedom. I mean, the virus. Something is uh, now the long arm of the Chinese Communist Party uh, seems uh, already extended beyond the Chinese Communist Party's border. Yes. Now, okay, so Bob, the, Bob, so talk about yourself then. You were in uh, one of the student leaders, as I said, in Tiananmen Square way back in 1989. Now, how how did you leave? there in communist China and find your way to the United States and then ultimately become a Christian? Yes. Uh, so when 1989 student moment started in Beijing, so I was also uh, in college and this, uh, English language was my major. And I basically felt, you know, uh, the time has come. We should uh, all come up, I mean, rise up to call for 
at least a, a more transparent government and more uh, with uh, more freedom and uh, democratic reform. And uh, so I led a group of our students to the Tiananmen Square, occupied part of the square, and, and participated. You know, and led a part of the I mean that uh, that uh, gigantic uh, democracy moment, as you guys witness um, uh, on TV. And um, little did we know the so-called People's Liberation Army, sent by the so-called People's Government, as the Chinese Communist Party called themselves. Uh, with uh, uh, real tanks and machine guns, and start uh, started uh, a massacre with uh, thousands lives uh, were uh, murdered. So I was uh, basically persecuted uh, uh, after, right after the crackdown, as a political uh, criminal, and uh, basically during that time. Um, I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, through the ministry of American missionaries who were teaching English in our uh, English department, you know, college. And uh, from that time on, I uh, thank the Lord for rescuing me. Uh, I became uh, a a new generation in Christ Jesus. And then... Uh, became an uh, underground church pastor uh, following that in Beijing. And um, essentially in 1996, my wife and I were both imprisoned for our underground church ministry in Beijing. And after that, um, God opened the door miraculously. We were able to escape from China to Hong Kong and hiding in Hong Kong for nearly eight months before uh, Hong Kong was turned over to China. Actually, Bob, three days let me interrupt for a second. I mean, but that's pretty amazing. You call it a miracle, and truly it was, because people who convert to Christianity, especially with your past political activism, you were able to escape from the Chinese authorities. I mean, that really is a miracle of miracles. It is indeed. It's uh, nothing but uh, God's uh, living, you know, mercy and, and a miraculous. Uh, kind of hands uh, upon us because my wife was uh, at that time even pregnant and we uh, if she's caught because we don't have a pregnancy permission card no hospital would be allowed to even do a a checkup so she could be under forced abortion we would lose our first child and Daniel now 23 years old exactly 23 years ago Fabulous. Uh, he was born. So this is uh, a really, yeah, God's mercy, uh, mm-hmm. miracles. So, Bobby, you find your way. You come to the United States with the help of some well-meaning people. They bring you in. You uh, finish your education at university, and you also go to seminary, yes? Yes. Uh, so three days before Hong Kong was handed over to Communist China, we were accepted as refugee. Uh, family to the United States, landed the land of the free, uh, and um, I started at Westminster Theological Seminary uh, immediately in 1997, and uh, basically finished uh, my um, studies um, and got my PhD uh, degree on theology from University of Durham in the United Kingdom in 2018. Um, So that you know, the, the, the main uh, thing that we have spent over the past 23 years in the United States is uh, fighting for religious freedom and rule of law in China 
with the Ministry of uh, China aid. Um, so for that, uh, the current trouble um, came in. Okay, so the current trouble then, which is shocking. Now, uh, now this is just the reports that I'm reading in, in news media. Uh, they're saying that there is a Chinese billionaire who lives here in the United States who somehow has put you in his crosshairs and has sent protesters to your house, which has forced you into hiding. That's correct. Uh, from September 26th, I mean, an hour literally uh, before I was invited to uh, pray on the state at the National Mall. Remember the return. Uh, the big rally attracted uh, over 12 million uh, people, you know, uh, live streaming and uh, with hundreds of thousands uh, presence at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., I got a phone call. My wife said, well, you know, these dogs showed up and started intimidating uh, in front of a house. And um, then uh, from October the 5th on Sunday and on, and uh, including today, um, you know, from several dozens to uh, over 100, uh, these uh, uh, Communist Party uh, operative um, from New York, uh, basically calling his followers to rally uh, uh, in the name of the so-called Global Elimination of Enemies campaign. Mm. I mean, I'm put on his number one target list uh, for life threats. So our law enforcement uh, have to rescue and evacuate my whole family um, um, on Monday, October the 6th, um, uh, we are now under uh, the uh, law enforcement protection um, since then. So this so, is the eighth day now. So you're, you're hiding out. Now, this man, how can he not be held accountable? Why is not law enforcement saying cease and desist? This is clearly a criminal act. You're targeting an American citizen. Yes, uh, it is a, a clear, you know, uh, threat uh, to, to ours. I'm wondering also with the same question, why he's still at loose. Of course, he has, a, you know, he's a billionaire. He has lots of money and he's buying lots of uh, political influence, uh, lots of lawyers. And um, but, John, I mean, the steel is very chilling. I mean, this uh, our freedom, really a way of life in America now yes. being tested by the Chinese Communist Party at our own doorstep now. So yes. I, I really certainly, you know, uh, calling for the law enforcement to, to hold him accountable. Um, I mean, the, this guy, of course, uh, has lots of followers, millions of followers on his platform. And when he calls for strike, I mean, it's a global strike. So my name is on the top list, but he has, uh, he has issued publicly on video form in his uh, uh, media uh, platform uh, threatening um, dozens of uh, uh, most prominent uh, political dissidents and democracy activists, including Tiananmen Square students, leaders who are still on the Communist Party's wanted list. So he's doing a real hit job for the Communist Party in the U.S. soil. Right. So then this is truly from Beijing to your doorstep. Oh, make no mistake. I mean, this is very well organized, uh, well founded, very sophisticated, even across continent. I mean, it's, uh, the, these dissidents are being threatened uh, in Canada, in Australia, New Zealand, 
in Japan, in uh, on the street of California, the, the, this uh, dissident was beaten up violently by uh, his uh, uh, leaders in Los Angeles. It's recorded on video, and he was even put this uh, publicly and encouraged his followers to follow the steps like uh, this dog. I mean, basically, he called them uh, the Comrades Warriors. Uh, and now, of course, his focus, as he said, is uh, on Midland, you know, Texas, uh, near, I mean, in front of my home. And that's how this, uh, uh, the, the, his followers are now rallying and be, uh, behind. Bob, you have to be shocked and, and in many ways broken by, by what's happened here because, I mean, here you're in hiding again. It's almost like you're back in China in 1989, and I'm sure you're fearing for your life and your wife and your children as well. You have to be shocked. Very much so. Our whole family is uh, kind of uh, shocked. And, uh, you know, children, I could tell they're a little bit uh, traumatized even. You know, because uh, we we thought we, uh, we we experienced this under communism in China. We were imprisoned. We knew that's the nature of communism in China. They just want to silence uh, any uh, voice of uh, uh, difference, and um, they don't want Christians to uh, leave out their faith uh, in China. That's why hundreds of thousands are being imprisoned and persecuted every day. But we have never thought uh, or imagined this would come to our own door in West Texas. And uh, their sole purpose is to silence our voice for freedom and try to destroy the ability of China aid or ministry to walk with the persecuted faithful in China. So, I mean, this is a very clearly uh, kind of... Um, uh, a defined campaign uh, is, is to uh, destroy ours. Um, so uh, it, it's, um, but I mean, Don, as you know, as Christians now, it, maybe it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a blessing in disguise. This could serve as a wake-up call that we can no longer take our freedom in this country for granted. Mm-hmm. And the Communist Party and its influence and its thugs are in our door. And now every day, so our neighbors are really woke up. I mean, our great peaceful neighborhood, every household is just fed up. Basically, they're asking, like, uh, why? And um, so they are searching deeply now because uh, those guys, I mean, are being, uh, I mean, uh, knocking the door, uh, door to door every day, try to... Uh, spread the propaganda with the Chinese uh, uh, Communist Party's Red Guard-style tactics. Wow. And you can't even argue with them. They're just no. uh, throw their things and said, you have to believe this. Bafu is a, a, Chinese, is a, is a, is a Chinese spy, is a fake pastor, is, uh, fake pastor. and it's very, very threatening. Oh, my gosh, Bob. Okay, so as listeners are hearing this incredible story right now, I mean, it's unbelievable that this is happening in the United States. What can we do? I mean, of course, we'll pray for you, Bob. I mean, is there any action we can take as believers to protect you as a Christian here in this country that you and your family are safe and you can worship and live here in the United States? Thank you, John, for, for, for your prayer. And uh, certainly, yeah, this is uh, not just a, you know, a battle of warfare of uh, 
with uh, blood and, uh, and flesh. It is uh, very much a, a spiritual warfare. And um, we will never be intimidated, you know, by these thoughts. We, we, we certainly, I mean, although our tiny office, because of the, those thoughts intimidate uh, our staff in front of our office. So we had to shut down. This is the second week, shutting down our own office at uh, Middle Texas. But we will continue, of course, to fight and, until the true religious freedom uh, in China uh, realize. I think uh, besides prayers, I, I want your listeners to really, number one, is to know the truth, what's really happening about the communism in China. And uh, you can you know, go to our website, chinaaid.org. We post daily you know, stories of persecution. Uh, every detail is verified and credible. And uh, you can pray very specifically for those uh, prisoners of conscience, uh, those uh, persecuted pastors. And uh, you can support ours. Of course, uh, you know, now more than ever, we need your support. And you can get a copy of, of my memoir published by uh, Baker Publishing House uh, called God's Double Agent to really uh, know with uh, my personal story and experience uh, that how the Chinese Communist Party has been persecuting uh, the Chinese uh, people and my family. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, and uh, also, you know, send a message to elected officials, to a member of Congress, to our uh, federal law enforcement to ask them to hold this uh, perpetrator uh, from New York City uh, accountable um, by really the court of law. I mean, this Very is a, a rule of law country. How can we, yeah, let him at loose uh, right. after this using such a public threat with clear evidence? Bob, okay, then we'll do all these things because the story as you're telling it, really, it's unbelievable. It's shocking. So we truly appreciate your time here. Our, our, our prayers are with you and your family and your children. ChinaAid.org. Go there for the story. Bob Fu, ChinaAid.org. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, and when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills. But let's say you've got the skills and you're building this bike. And I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build the bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. 
And often, this advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. She was 27 years old. She took the gun that my grandfather had given her for self-defense. She never got to see her son grow up to be anything because she had easy access to a gun. I've been robbed of that relationship. 63 Americans a day die by gun suicide. With safe gun storage, we can give our loved ones a second chance at life. Learn more at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see rather cloudy skies tonight with a couple of showers. Tonight will reach a low of 50, turning out mostly sunny tomorrow, breezy and cool. Tomorrow will reach a high of 66. Plenty of sunshine on tap for Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll see a high of 69. Thursday, we'll have times of clouds and sunshine with a shower possible in the afternoon. The high again, 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Hey, look, that's truly a shocking story. Uh, I would highly recommend you go to ChinaAid.org. I mean, to think about the Chinese government showing up in Midland, Texas, at this pastor's house and terrorizing his family so much so that they have to go into hiding, this is not exaggeration or hyperbole. This is the state of the world right now, where terrorism truly is at your front doorstep. Really, it is. So... God bless the, that Bob Fu and his family. Something serious has to be done. Talk to the legislators. I mean, how, how can this even be legal that this man can be so intimidated that he's got to run away? It just doesn't make sense. The world is so crazy, wacky, upside down. It truly is. All right. Uh, listen, uh, we're going to cut this short because we want to talk to Leighton Ford in just a few minutes. Leighton Ford, for many years, worked with Billy Graham Ministries, and he's got his story to tell about listening, a life of listening, discerning God's voice, and discovering our own. That's next here on The Ride Home. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. We know that faith pleases God, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. We know that faith is a powerful fact and force that receives from Christ all that He desires to give. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. 
Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings. And you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. I was a little bit surprised but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. They were just as eager or more eager than we were. I think that goes back to considering them part of our family. I think they feel a part of our family, and their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hey, this is Owen Strand with a quick word on the upcoming election. So much of what we care about is at stake. Religious liberty, all of our First Amendment freedoms, the cause of life and reliable judges, rule of law, even civil order. Make sure you're registered and prepared to vote, whether at the polling place or by absentee ballot. Our nation is at a crossroads and every vote counts. Don't sit this election out. There's an awful lot of talking going on in today's world, but there is very little listening and happen, happening. That's why we're so happy to welcome Leighton Ford to the show. Leighton Ford is president of Leighton Ford Ministries, which helps to seek young leaders worldwide to lead more like Jesus. For many years, Leighton Ford communicated Christ around the globe through speaking, writing, and media outreach, addressing millions of people in 37 countries on every continent. From 1955 until 1985, Leighton served as associate evangelist and later vice president of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, was featured as the alternate speaker to Billy Graham on the Hour of Decision broadcast. His work, A Life of Listening, we're happy to talk again today. Leighton, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, John. You're making me feel old with all those years you're telling about <laughs> I traveled the world. I don't feel Layton. that old, though. <laughs> no, you, you don't sound old, Leighton, but the fact of the matter is you're in your upper 80s, are you not? I am in my upper 80s. I have a birthday in about two weeks. Fabulous. Well, good for you. Congratulations. Uh, but I, Keep but it I, going. But I tell everybody I'm in a Canadian plan where I grew up. So at 65, you start, you start backwards. <laughs> so I think I'm 47 this year. <laughs> you, can figure, you can figure out from that how old I am. That's really good. Leighton, let's go way back into your life because your story is really fascinating. And in reading A Listening Life, 
you tell the story about your mom, who you describe as a somewhat difficult woman. When you were 12 years old, you're walking with her, and she lets the cat out of the bag that you were adopted, which before that, you knew nothing of that story. That, that's right, and I can still vividly remember that, uh, that day. John, it was in uh, Toronto, Canada, not too far from where you are, and uh, we were walking in the park. It was a beautiful afternoon, and uh, she, she uh, I don't know why she waited to tell me until I was 12. I should have known before then because she was 4'11", and I was 6'3", by that time, but wow. a little difference between us. <laughs> but uh, she and she she did it in a very nicely nice way. She said we chose to have you. We didn't have to. Uh, she said you're, there was an accident. I assumed then that she meant that my birth parents had been in a car accident, but I later realized I was the accident. And uh, she said we chose to have you. We love you. So being adopted uh, was it it uh, it was good. It was it was a very positive thing for me. Excellent. And made me understand what it is when the Bible says we are God's adopted children. I'm sure. And, and so even though you, you, know, you describe your mom as a little difficult, she was a good and godly woman who used to read the Bible to you and, of course, encourage you to, to learn the Bible. You, you recited Bible passages from an early age. I can still remember there was in our house in southwest Ontario, there was a little alcove and a little and a prayer place, and you'd have me kneel down there. And she would have me read the scripture and memorize part of it. She'd have to say prayers and have me pray after her. But also along with that, John, she would hold up biographies of some of the great Christian leaders, missionaries, pastors, evangelists, and ordinary people, and say, God wants people like that. So she held before me the uh, the ideal of serving the Lord. Now, she herself would want to be a missionary, but she, she would, would not have been suited for it. But she did hold that before me. So that's her voice. Um, and I have to be honest, uh, as you said, she was in many ways a troubled person, and that voice was important. And I also remember waking up in the middle of the night when I was an um, early teenager and hearing she was calling, yelling, arguing against my father, which was disturbing. But somehow, you know, even though she was not a perfect person, the Lord used her to bring, uh, bring that spiritual influence and guidance into my life. Leighton. Talk about this meeting, which really altered your life, Leighton, when you met Billy Graham for the first time. I mean, this was, you know, uh, at, a, at a prayer meeting, and he put his arm around you, and by doing so, he, he changed your life, didn't he? Well, he certainly he guided my life and, and encouraged me. He became my first mentor. <clears throat> he, um, When I was 14, I started Youth for Christ. I was asked to start Youth for Christ in my hometown. And Billy, of course, was with Youth for Christ then, and he came to uh, speak for us. And we just knew, even then, his reputation was that when he preached and asked people to respond, they would come forward and they'd respond. And we were full of expectation that that night all of our friends who would come on a very cold, icy night would respond. Well, he preached a wonderful message, but hardly anybody responded. Hmm. And I can remember I was discouraged, and uh, he could see that in my face. And after the rally, he came over. And as you said, put an arm around me and said, Leighton, I believe God has given you this desire to other your friends and others to know the Lord. And he said, I think if you stay humble, God will use you. So I'm going to pray for you. So that that promise was very important and was because uh, it gave me a sense of encouragement and direction. And, of course, later on, he came down to North Carolina and told his kid sister about the, the guy he had met in Canada. So 
he was a matchmaker too. <laughs> okay, so then fast forward because because of that meeting with Billy Graham, he told you about Wheaton College. You attend Wheaton College, and there Billy Graham's little sister is attending as well. And we were there for a year or two before we even met each other. <clears throat> and a, I, I had seen her. She certainly was very attractive. But a friend of mine, a fellow uh, young preacher, said he'd been taking her out wasn't wasn't getting a place, so I needed to meet her. So we went to see a Chicago Blackhawks, Boston Bruins hockey game, and he took Jeannie, and I went along. And uh, she was wondering why I was paying so much attention to her. And that was the beginning. Of a, of a wonderful life together, which will be 60, 67 years this December. Wow, fabulous. Congratulations. Okay, so then Leighton, then from that, of course, now you're married into the Graham family, and you're a pastor, you're a preacher. You get to go out and really sort of experience the Billy Graham experience, and you, you start to preach and teach. What was that like for you? You were a young man, Billy Graham. I, I bet it, he was at least a decade older than you. He had a lot of confidence in you. Yes, he did. And uh, I actually began to speak when I was 14 or 15. And uh, then I was in college, started a gospel team. That We did that every weekend in the greater Chicago area. And uh, then when I finished my theological training, uh, Billy was uh, going to hold a crusade in London, England, and he said, why don't you and Jeannie come over and observe this and then start preaching? So went over there and spent that summer preaching in Scotland, and uh, then he was going to Toronto, which is my birthplace, and he said, come and help me there. And then he said, come on to Richmond and come on to Oklahoma City, and that went on for many years. Mm-hmm. So I got to, you know, those the years of the 50s, when that was happening, John, it was a sort of a special movement, I felt, of the Holy Spirit in the wake of World War II, uh, new lives being established, new homes being built, a spiritual hunger that people had. And it was more than just uh, running into a city and organizing some meetings. There was a great sense of prayer uh, for spiritual awakening. Uh, There was in-depth preparation and in-depth follow-up. And those early crusades that I had the privilege to be part of made a a huge and deep impact on, on not in many lives, but many cities at that time. I bet. And then Billy asked me to join him in, in, on the hour of decision. And every week he'd preach, the next week I would preach. So one of the great privileges of my life was to be um, near him, learn from him. But also he opened doors for me. And I can, I vividly remember just when I had finished uh, a seminary in those early years, Billy said he wanted uh, Jeannie and me to go to New York and wanted to be in Need to be in charge of working with the pastors in that city to help them get involved and and uh, see the fruit of this in their in their churches. And I look back on that now. I was 23, 24 years of age, uh, going to the big city with um, these many pastors. And uh, Billy took a chance on me. Now he knew me, knew I had some experience, and uh, of course I've married his sister. But beyond that, as an older man, he trusted me to do that. And uh, that opened uh, doors for me that I say, if that had been me and that was the biggest city I'd ever been to, the biggest crusade, would I put a 23, 24-year-old in charge of it? Mm. But that kind of of faith and trust was so important. And that's why in these later years, John, I felt it's so important for all of us to see the younger men and women of generations that God is bringing along, like my own grandchildren now, and to encourage them in the same way. Leighton. 
I mean, you've done so much and you've, you've been out in the world, you know, as you said, for so many years, met how many thousands and thousands of good and godly people. And, and so a life of listening, when you look at where you've been and where we are now as a country and, uh, and the world, especially in the turmoil of the pandemic, what do you take from all this? I mean, is this a dark hour in the world or is this something that, of course, God is going to use for his own good? But clearly, it, it does feel as though we're off the rails a little bit. What, what's your take on this? Yeah. Yes, it does. But, you know, the Gospel of John says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was light coming into the world. Jesus, the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never put it out. So I, I look at this time when this pandemic, uh, more perhaps than ever before, and worldwide plague has come. But in the midst of it, the light is still burning. The light is still shining. I'm thinking of um, one of the young men that I have mentored, who's uh, sort of the Billy Graham of England today. Talked to them the other day on a Zoom call. He said, "Late, I've had more doors open to me, uh, speaking in a hundred different prisons, online people calling in, speaking to pastors in New Zealand. I think of others in other parts of the world who have said that the uh, young couple that we are is one of our mentoring groups. They're in Rome." Church planning in Rome, they said more young people who last year were not interested are seeking now, looking for an answer, looking for the truth. So we have all these voices out there, John, and uh, we have, you know, and, and what should you believe? What should you believe? Voices on both sides of all of the issues. I think we need to be listening to the voice of Jesus, both in our own lives and uh, and what we share with others, his word does not change. And I would, for Jeannie and me, uh, the last six seven months we've been here at home. Uh, I've gone out, son. Jeannie hasn't been able to go out as much. We've had some friends coming, including some friends nearby who've never wanted to talk about spiritual things before. They've come and sat on our back porch and had a soft drink, and we've talked about the Lord. And Jeannie and I have been able to listen to each other. More, I think, than we have in many years, John. Hmm. And it may be that the Lord is allowing us, just like you remember Elijah saw the lightning and the fire and all of that one day in the mountain. But God put him to sleep by a stream. That's when he heard the still, small voice of the Lord. So maybe this is something that God is saying. All the social media, all the noise that's going on, we get so caught up in that. When are we ever still enough to listen to that still, small, small voice of the Lord? It's really good, Leighton. So if not now, then when? So maybe, you know, we, we always worry about time. And so this forced pause in many of our lives, this is a good thing. That still small voice will come upon us. I, I, I guess the, the call is just to recognize that as you're raising that issue right now and respond appropriately in submission to that. What would it be like? Uh, you know, John, I thought <clears throat> sometime when I preach, I'd like to get up in a church. I haven't dared to do this yet. And everybody would be waiting, and I'd be quiet, and I'd say nothing, say nothing, say nothing, say nothing. How long would you think it would be before people began to get nervous? <laughs> we don't know what to do. What would it be like? Now, what would it be like for for us, you and me, if for the next five minutes you and I were shut up, yeah. and you had five minutes of silence? Now, you say, we can't do that. I know you can't do that. Right. But if only we would stop and slow down. I've got a friend who runs a resort here in the North Carolina mountains. They were in serious trouble financially some years ago. 
He was driving on the backwoods in his Jeep, and he told me I came to a little, little place, stopped there by the stream, and it was just quiet, and said, Lord, I've got a big payment due tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen to it. Let me just be quiet and listen to you. And he said, the peace of the Lord came across him. He said, the next day a call came that something unexpected had come, and the Lord had taken care of it. Well, that doesn't always happen that magically. But if only we would stop and listen. Uh, the French philosopher Pascal once said, most of our problems in the world are caused because none of us know how to sit still in our room for one hour and be quiet. So, Fabulous. Leighton, thanks an awful lot. We're, we're up against the clock. But really, that's a good message. I always appreciate talking to you. Leighton Ford, a life of listening, discerning God's voice, and discovering our own in the silence. Thank you, Leighton. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. My name is Bernadette, and I am a parishioner at St. Joseph's on the Brandywine. Joe Biden has been part of our parish for more than 40 years. Our sons became friends when they were in first grade. And ever since, I've known Joe and the entire Biden family. Even now, when Joe's back home, we see him at Mass on Sunday. You can tell how important Joe's faith is to him. It's what motivates everything. Joe's beliefs, his values, the kind of president Joe would be. Joe Biden knows what it means to be your brother's keeper, to care for those around you and lift up those who are suffering. Their values Joe learned from his mom and dad and from the nuns who taught Joe his Catholic faith. That's Joe Biden, a man guided by faith. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president. Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy-causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY or visit jdwaterproofing.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, a Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. Well, there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? I mean, when you hear silence... Doesn't it make you a little uncomfortable, right? You're waiting for something. Silence is good. You know, I got uh, called out there for my so-called rant. 
people are angry. People are so upset. And again, I will say it. Read your Bible because there's the truth. There's the truth. So, peace be with you wherever you are right now. The peace of the Lord be with you. Have yourself a great night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.